Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. The song you just heard is Master of Puppets by Metallica, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Trevor Hayhall. So Trevor wrestled for two years each at MFL Marmac and Osage High Schools. As a sophomore, Trevor actually qualified for the district tournament, but was unable to compete after being diagnosed with mono. He moved to Osage the following year and went on to play seventh and fourth. While he was at MFL Marmac, I practiced with him quite a bit. And to be honest, I wouldn't be half the wrestler without him. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Trevor Hayhall. He transferred the same year I did. So, you know, we both left at the same time. Was that, was that kind of awkward? Yeah, it was, it was a little bit tough because yeah, it was like going into my junior year. So yeah, yeah, you had the same experience. That's kind of an awkward time to like switch schools. Yeah. Uh, But I guess I had done it a few years before because I'd only been at MFL for three years or so, Mm. or yeah, I guess three years. So yeah. um, And I, I, I was, uh, I viewed it as like an opportunity to just, you know, meet new people, experience another team, another training environment, um, new teachers, new coaches. I was, you know, obviously going to miss everyone uh, from MFL and had like a really good experience at MFL, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's close enough that I was able to, you know, stay in contact with people. And, you know, I think we wrestled them when I was at Osage. So that was, that was fun. Uh, But yeah, it it was a bit tough and um, there, they were, they had beaten MFL, as you know, <laughs> at the regional duels going or to qualify for state wrestling. I think we were still in middle school, so we, yeah. were, we weren't wrestling in high school yet. But um, so I obviously knew of Osage and they have a long uh, storied history. So that was kind of exciting. Um, I didn't really know what to expect too much. But then, yeah, I found out that there were some good training partners there around my weight class. So. Uh, Brent Blasser being one of the, the key oh, ones. Oh, yes, so, yes. I wrestled him quite a few times. Yep, and obviously Coach Jennings, um, you know, very successful coach, very knowledgeable. And they, we had a good uh, assistant coaches as well, several guys um, that were uh, recently graduated from college and were in the room. And um, so, yeah, it was great. Yeah, was who and you went out for football, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I did uh, cross-country at MFL. And, and as, as you know, not a great runner. I was really in it just to stay in shape for wrestling, which yeah. it was fun. We had, you know, we had a really fun uh, team, fun, fun coaches, yeah. a lot of good memories, good stories. Um, so I enjoyed that, but I wasn't in it for competition. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, when I moved to Osage, um, I, I th- I'm a little bit bigger. So, you know, when I was at MFL, I was 103 pounder freshman year, yeah, one, yeah. 119 sophomore year, and then a little bit bigger junior and senior year. So I went out for football, figured, okay, this is my last chance to ever play football. Um, and, you know, thinking back now, like just thinking of like concussions, you know, you've experienced a concussion and seeing yeah. like what guys go through that play football. I don't know if I would have done it, like really? knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. fortunately I, I never had any concussions, um, but I, I had a really good experience playing football and our team was, was uh, really good, uh, really mm-hmm. My, my senior year, especially, but both years we were pretty solid. Um, and I, I told the coach, I only want to, I told him first off, I don't care if I'm on JV or varsity. I just want to play. Like, I, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't care 
JV varsity. I'm just here to play, um, which I ended up making varsity. Um, and I told him also that I really only want to play defense because <laughs> the, uh, you know, offense trying to figure out the playbook and, you know, I, I was pretty fast. So maybe I could have been good as like a slot receiver, but yeah. I also didn't, didn't have great hands. I would just, you know, drop the ball. If it hit me in the hands, I'm like, let me play defense. Let me tackle people. It's a lot more fun to tackle them than get tackled. Yeah. And he, our head coach kind of resisted that at the time because they had the philosophy that like everyone should play both sides of the ball. It's high school football. You should, you know, learn both sides at least and be able to contribute. Yeah. Uh, so they, for a while there, they tried to have me do both sides, but then I think they kind of figured out that I'm not good at offense. <laughs> so they, they uh, let me just play defense, which I really enjoyed. And yeah, we, we, uh, we had a really good team. So that was a good experience. Huh? Yeah. What was it like? I, I'm kind of something looking back. I sometimes wish I would have played football, at least just tried it once. Yeah. You well, know. you played in middle school Yeah, you're a quarterback. But, so, you know, it wasn't, it's not quite the same, you know, Friday night lights. They talk about yeah, how, how cool it is. So how was it playing football? Yeah, it was great. So I think we made it my, my senior year, we made it to the playoffs, um, played a game in the Unidome and won that. What? And then, yeah, I, I forget what round it was. I want to say it was maybe the, I think we, I think that was the quarterfinals maybe. And then I, or maybe we lost in the quarterfinals. We lost to uh, North Fayette. Uh, had, they had a really good team at the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think they won state that year, um, but they had a really good team and uh, it wasn't really a close game, but um <laughs> Prior, we were undefeated, I think, prior to then. So wow. like, had a good season. And it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I, I could see why you would do it at, at, at Osage if your team was good. I think that was part of the reason some of us were running cross country was because our team wasn't that good anyway. Yep. Yeah. You know? And they've MFLs. Yeah, they've kind of turned it around a little bit. They've done right, it pretty right. well recently. No. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, the first memory I have was I think when you came over was uh, baseball. We played baseball together. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that was because I think I came like before school started. So it was summertime. And I think yeah. you were probably one of the first people I met, like, you know, in our grade. Yeah. And yeah. We hung out that summer, played a lot of baseball. You were, I should give you props. You were really good at, you know, oh, I, no. uh, you know, incorporating me into the group of guys and, yeah. and uh, making me feel welcome. So that was yes. a good experience, made it easy to, you know, start the school year. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I was not great at baseball and especially once, uh, once guys started to throw like curveballs and, you know, sliders and stuff like that, when it was just fastballs and changeups, it was okay. You know, but by high, by high school, I, I was, uh, I just wasn't good. So, uh, I think I went out in my eighth, my eighth grade year, maybe a freshman year. And then, I uh, pretty much just stuck to freestyle in the spring oh, and summer. Yeah. I do have yeah. a good baseball story. I don't know if you remember this. I think it would have been our eighth grade year. Um, and, you know, we didn't have a huge team. We didn't have a ton of guys out. So sometimes they'd need people to pitch. And I think, I think you were a pitcher, pretty yeah. decent pitcher. I was not a great pitcher, but I think at least a few games, they called me in to pitch a few innings. And the one game <laughs> they had me go in and there's, there's already uh two outs. So I just need to get one out and there's yeah. no one on base. So, you know, odds are in my favor, but yeah. the first, first guy that comes up to bat, I hit with the ball. So he gets, gets on first base, like, okay, that's, that's all right. You know, just one guy. I still have yeah. you know, two outs. We're, we're okay. Next guy comes up. I hit him and I'm not, intend, I'm not intending to, right. I'm trying to strike him out or just throw strikes, <laughs> but I hit him. Uh, so now two on, 
and I'm, you know, starting to worry a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm just not accurate at all. Um, so then the third guy comes up, hit him. So the bases are loaded now. And I'm like, I'm, oh I feel gosh. like, am I going to get ejected from like an eighth grade baseball game for th- hitting uh, too many batters? So yeah, I felt bad, but I was, you know, trying to just throw a strike. I couldn't do mm-hmm. it. And then so bases are loaded, two outs. And then the, the fourth batter, I struck out. So then, you know, I was like, well, I actually, that's remember like, that. It's like almost an optimal inning, you know, just. <laughs> I remember also you took one right off the side of the head. You took a grounder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third base, yeah. and yep. it, it it sounded like it hurt. Yeah, I yeah. Remember that day. Yeah, I suppose that probably gave me a little brain damage, but yeah. <laughs> Where were you at before? Were you at Dubuque? You you were in Dubuque, right? Yep. Yeah. So I yep was born in Dubuque and grew up there, and then um, moved across the river in southwestern Wisconsin, right right across the river from Dubuque. Um, but yeah, I uh, grew up in Dubuque, wrestled, started wrestling at a pretty young age. So my dad was the head coach at senior high school um, when oh, okay. I was a kid. So I, you know, would grow up just going into the practice room, watching the high school guys wrestle and just rolling around on the mats with my sisters and um, got exposure to the sport that way. And then um, as I got older, my dad stepped down from being a high school wrestling coach and basically just dedicated his time to taking me all over the place really? for, you know, weekend tournaments and practices, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. Obviously, you know, I, my dad's kind of the, the key influence on my wrestling experience. He was my coach all growing up. And, uh, you know, I, I, it helped me really build a strong bond with him through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then when I was living in, and he also uh, well, both, you know, my parents, just their support was, yeah. was huge. Uh, but I, looking back, I guess at the time, maybe I didn't fully appreciate some of the opportunities I had as a kid. Right. right. Uh, so, you know, I was living in Dubuque and we'd drive a couple nights a week to Iowa city and go to the Hawkeye kids no wrestling kidding. club practice with, uh, Pablo Bassa was coaching at the time. No kidding. And that was, that was in, in Carver in the, the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling room, which obviously that's wow. an amazing opportunity. Most kids don't have that experience or, or chance. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think I, I kind of realized at the time that it was a, a cool thing, but also you're like, Oh, you know, I have to drive so far. I'm tired. <laughs> it's hard work. These practices are really yes, tough. Yes, yes. You know, you're not, instead of being maybe the, the best guy in the room at your local practice, you're the worst guy in the room among this room full of uh, just monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a great opportunity. And uh, we did that with, uh, so Nick and Nate Moore also lived in Dubuque at the time. So oh, we really? car- carpool with them. And then I had another friend, Jordan Block, who lived in Dubuque. And we, our parents would kind of take turns carpooling us to Iowa City a couple nights a week. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, that was a, a great experience. And I think obviously wow. helped, helped me develop as a, a wrestler. Um, and then after that, um, when I was living in Wisconsin then, or, or going to school in Wisconsin, uh, they had a, a pretty good, my school wasn't great at wrestling, but the neighboring school, Kiba city had a decent team at the time. And a couple of guys around my weight that were pretty good. Um, and I'm, I'm in like, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade at this time. Uh, but one, one guy I practiced with Jared Denar, um, ended up being a four-time undefeated state champ in Wisconsin. Wow. Which I think, you know, I don't know how many there have been, but not, not many. Right. Uh, so obviously a really good wrestler. And it's one of those things too, you know, when you're a kid, you just know, Oh, this is my training partner. He's pretty good. Yeah. But, you know, you don't really know what they're going to go on to do. Um, so obviously that was a, a really um, good opportunity and, and played a big role in my development, having those kind of training partners. 
Um, and then we carpooled kind of same thing, but then instead of going to Iowa city, um, a couple of years later, we did, uh, UW Wisconsin, Madison had a, a program that Troy Steiner ran. Wow. Um, I think called advance wrestling club, uh, with, with again, a lot of really good guys from all over the state driving there a couple nights a week to practice. Um, one of the guys there, Ben Provisor ended up making the Olympics in Greco a few years yeah. back. So yeah, he was always a little bit bigger than me, so I didn't wrestle with him, but there were, you know, just kind of that caliber of, of, of kid there at the time, which, um, yeah, just some really good experiences. And yeah, obviously my parents and my friend's parents dedicated a lot of time driving us all over the place. Um, so yeah, very appreciative of that. And, you know, that was helpful to making me a better wrestler and kind of get exposure to some of these legends. Um, obviously Troy Steiner, Iowa mm-hmm. national champ and having, you know, that opportunity to be, be coached by them is, uh, is really awesome. So, wow. I had no idea. I had no idea that you would drive to Iowa City. That's got to be what hour and a half. Yeah, I think from a, yeah, I want to say it's about an hour and a half. I don't know for certain, but yeah, probably about an hour and a half from Dubuque to mm-hmm. Iowa City, and then probably about the same going from Southwest Wisconsin to Madison. Wow. Uh, but we would we would uh, you know back in those days we would have some kind of converter where we could hook up our PlayStation in the <laughs> yes, van. Yes, yes. You know, we'd be playing video games the whole way. Either that or doing homework if you had homework. Yeah. But huh. it you know it was a fun time. Yeah cold wintry you know dark days but you know kind of built relationships with other wrestlers that way and uh hopefully got better from it and had a good time and good memories obviously you know yeah and so um i forgot i guess nick and nate more lived they lived in dubuque at that time yep oh. yeah i think so yeah they must have moved around the same time i moved to mfl i want to say mm-hmm. um they moved to yeah iowa city and went to iowa city west obviously um mm-hmm. so yeah they they grew up in Dubuque and Dubuque wasn't, didn't have a lot of good kids wrestling at that time. Right. There weren't a lot of, there weren't like a lot of kids that were, you know, doing much at like the state level. Right. Um, so yeah, just to get those opportunities and training experiences, you know, I think, you know, driving a, a few hours was really helpful. And I think, you know, nowadays there's, that's kind of understood nationwide for youth wrestling that, if you can, you know, drive an hour or a couple hours and meet up with the top guys in other schools, especially when you grow up, when you live in a rural location where there might not be a ton of kids in your uh, town wrestling, yeah. then that's, you know, just going to make you better. But, yeah. Where'd you go once you got to Monona? You know, cause we didn't have that. So did you still make trips or go here and there with your no, dad? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Once I got to Monona, then I think we had a lot of, fortunately, a, a really good program at the time in, in Monona and MFL when I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't at that point, you know, I was kind of getting, I think it was eighth grade and about to start high school. So more so just training within the school district and the team and had a lot of good partners, training partners at Monona, you being one. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we, we had, you know, Taylor Reichs, Austin Berry, quite a few guys, Padretti. He was a little bit bigger and older than me, but a lot of really good wrestlers that, yeah. you know, right there that it was nice not to have to do the driving. Just, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, I, I talked to, uh, another, somebody I had on my podcast. I don't know if you listened to Cody Caldwell. I did. Yeah. I've listened to probably <laughs> like five or six of your podcasts so far. He's one of the ones I listened to. Obviously I've wrestled him, uh, yeah. in, in eighth grade and and followed his career when he was in, in college at you and I. So, yeah. yeah. It was, I think, I think he's still, I think he was kind of fibbing a little bit when he said he doesn't 
you know, doesn't lose sleep when you beat him in eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. He's, he's fitting. Um, yeah. He had a, a, yeah, I beat him in eighth grade at, at, uh, in the state finals, AE yeah. state, which was a big win. He was, you know, obviously a really good wrestler at the time. And he got you a district. So it was kind of extra, a little extra there. Yep. Yep. But then, yeah, obviously he went on and had a, an outstanding high school career and college career. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I have that, that one on him. And I guess yeah. if, he, if he wants to rematch, you know, he's got, he's got a little bit of size on me now. So. <laughs> Chet, I, I talked to Chen. He said there was like a call in that match that went, that went your way. Do you remember anything about that match? Uh, I honestly do you remember, I remember. Do you remember yeah, much yeah. of your matches? First of all, like, are yeah, you I was thinking about like, that. So not, I guess I remember, you know, I remember matches and remember like wins and losses, but I don't remember a lot of the details in, in mm-hmm. certain matches, especially, you know, from that was eighth grade. Um, I think it was like a one point match, like a, mm-hmm. maybe a two to one match or three to two or something like that. And I don't know, I couldn't tell you, you know, what, what the, uh, if there were any calls or anything, I, I don't recall, but <laughs> did you, um, did you have success at AU before then? Um, yeah, some, so I guess, Growing up, like kind of, I, I started off uh, living in Dubuque. So went to AAU, I think when I was in like, I don't remember which grade, but really young um, and might've placed, but not, not high. And then I did uh, Wisconsin state, you know, really? uh, elementary state um, growing up all through, I guess, middle school um, and had, so my second grade year, I placed second, I believe. And I think that was maybe my first year attending like kids state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had, you know, gone to tournaments all the time, but I think second grade was the first year I went to state and I got second, which obviously, you know, I felt pretty good about that, but yeah. kind of didn't, didn't win. So wanted to win. Uh, and then the next year I won. Um, and I, I don't remember really any of the details of like, the, you know, this is a long time ago and it's <laughs> yeah. early elementary. So don't really remember the matches too much, but one uh, as a third grader and then, from fourth grade to seventh grade, I think I placed, but not high, maybe, you know, anywhere from eighth to fourth. Um, and then my eighth grade year had a, a good season and won it as an eighth grader. Yeah. Did, did that give you some confidence? That, I mean, that had to be pretty awesome when you won it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it, yeah, it feels really nice. Cause obviously, you know, you you basically achieved your goals for that season, um, at least at the state level. So yeah, it definitely gave me confidence going into high school. Um, and it obviously it's a big jump from middle school to high school. So going from mm-hmm. eighth grade state champ to high school, now you might be a really good wrestler, but you're still the freshman and there's, you know, seniors there that are a little bit more developed, more experienced, a lot older than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it helped, but it's, it's still a really tough transition. I think, uh, probably in the same way that high school to college would be, you know, if you win yeah. a, win a senior, uh, a title as a senior in high school and then go into college and you know, <laughs> now you're competing against fourth year seniors in college that have been there. So, yeah, you, um, you know, you didn't really show much emotion, you know, you're not in a, a big emotional, like fist in the air kind of guy. So like when you won that AU state, like, obviously you're probably pumped. Like how excited were you, you know, to finally. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to win a state title, even at any level, it's just gotta be. Over yeah, one. no, absolutely. Yeah, I was extremely excited. And and I guess just a sense of accomplishment in a sense that all the work that you're, you've put in, you know, all those long road trips and hard practices and uh, just a lot of work, you know, is, is paying off and you're excelling at the, the sport that you're putting your time into. Uh, so I felt super, you know, 
satisfied and accomplished and enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, I guess I, I never was too much of, uh, I, I don't know, like show my emotions after right. a win or loss, or I suppose I did probably sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> one of my role models in, uh, high school that I would look up to was a, an MMA fighter from Russia named, uh, Fedor Emelianenko. And really? he was, uh, like a, a heavyweight champion fighter. And he, when, before his fights, he would just be, you know, stone stone cold face no emotion mm-hmm. and you just walk out there and just knock these guys out and then after after he won just stone cold no emotion I, I don't think i was quite that stoic but i thought that was pretty cool like the fact that you know you could be doing such a violent sport and look just like he's you know sitting down on a calm day outside mm-hmm. did you ever get nervous then if that's who you were trying to emulate you know did you ever feel nerves or yeah i think like that? i think probably everyone that wrestles feels nerves at some point, I would say it's a combination of, yeah, excitement, uh, nerves, just, but not really, I don't know, not really too nervous, but just like, you know, some adrenaline and, uh, yeah, yeah, just looking forward to it. And I think it's tough. And, you know, thinking back in high school, like when you're cutting weight and then you're, you know, you're trying, you're worried about, am I going to make weight? And you're, you know, sucking down weight, dehydrated, um, and then you have that meet that night. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, kind of consumes your mind a little bit during the school day, you're trying to focus on schoolwork and stuff, but, um, you know, if you have a big match that night, obviously that you're aware of that and thinking of that and thinking of what you need to do to exceed or succeed and, and excel in, in the match. So, yeah. Cause you were also a good student. I'm like, that was another thing I remember about you. Like what ticked you off was, um, we, we had to take industrial tech. And he graded on a curve and you had like a 95, but it was like an A minus or something. And you were, you were pissed. <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. I honestly barely, I don't know if I really remember that, but now that you say that it, it comes back a little bit, but that probably makes sense. Yeah. I think I, I would uh, maybe treat school a little bit like sports and that, like it's a little bit of a competition, um, especially I guess once I got into college and, you know, I wasn't wrestling in college, but still very competitive and you know those classes were graded on a curve too and i remember some some students would we'd i would have some econ class where maybe the average on a test would be like 50 percent or 60 percent and some students would be complaining like this is this stuff's too hard why why doesn't you make the tests easier but i would just view it as well if you just have to beat the curve then it doesn't really matter if i get 70 percent 60%. 60%. I just have to do better than 90% of my classmates and I'll still get an A. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I still remember that you're, you're livid. You're, you're kind of pissed. And Mr. Forget his name, but yeah. Yeah. I suppose I, I probably attribute my, my parents to uh, my school success. They were both teachers and from a young age, you know, just taught me the importance of school. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I, your your mom is a teacher. I don't know why. Yeah, I didn't she, know yeah well, she was um, she was when I was a kid, and then she moved on and to do like uh, consulting, or I guess like the AEA area education agency, mm-hmm. and works as a special ed consultant. Okay, uh, but is yeah, she. Dad? Yep. Yep. Okay, and your and dad he, re- he retired recently, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, he retired okay. last year. Yep. So his it's his first year in retirement. Yeah. What's he doing? Yeah, he's he uh well when it when the weather's warmer, he's doing a lot of yard work and <laughs> and things around the house. They they bought acreage in New Hampton now. 
Okay. So it was, there's a, a little pond on the, the property and he's, he has a big uh, garden and plants trees right. all over the property and yeah, just, you know, stays, stays busy, but mm-hmm. what it was Mr. Molusky. I think that was, yes. It. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, you've got, yeah, uh, you've got a good memory. Some of that <laughs> stuff is, it's hard to remember the details, yeah. but well, for some reason, I just specifically, you know, was invested in your A minus and industrial tech. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember. Was that were you cutting quite a bit of weight your freshman year to get down to one hundred three? Yeah. Yep. So, and again, you know, thinking back, I think if I could do things differently, that's probably one of the things I would have changed about just wrestling in general is just, mm-hmm. I, you know, avoiding weight cutting right. or or at least like weight cutting to the point of dehydration and wrestling your match where you're dehydrated. Um, and part of the problem, I think, too, was I started the year at maybe like one thirteen and then cut down to one Oh three, which was, you know, a little bit of a cut, but manageable. And then by the end of the year or throughout the year, I was growing, hit a growth spurt. Probably my, my biggest growth spurt, uh, throughout high school was that during kind of during the season. So then I think within a week or two after the season, I was up to like one twenty seven. which, wow. and I think that was probably my, uh, toughest year of high school wrestling ever because really? of the weight cut. Mm-hmm. I, I had a you know pretty good season. Uh, until sectionals. Um, I think I had had a good record, but lost a match at sectionals to Tyler Endress, who I didn't know who he was at the time. You know, knew he had a pretty good record, um, but hadn't wrestled him right. and ended up, I think he ended up placing a couple times at state. Yeah. Um, and I had Levi Wolfensberger in my bracket at sectionals, which obviously super tough, uh, yeah. tough wrestler. Um, but I, I think, you know, looking back at that match that I lost against Endress, um, I was, I was, just weak and not wrestling to my best ability because of cutting a lot of weight and being mm-hmm. sucked down and dehydrated. Um, so I think if I could change one thing, I'd probably go back and, you know, not cut that weight and go to 112. I think for our team, it probably wouldn't have worked out as well. Um, but, you know, for me personally, that would have probably been a better thing to do. Mm. Yeah. I forgot about that. That had to be. You don't think about that when you're in the season, how you grow, like that's not something you really kind of think about or talk about, you know, like, yeah, on me that you probably were growing in the season. And obviously people do because you're 14, 15, 16, you're growing. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And I'm sure it's hard for, you know, coaches to plan for that too, for high school right. wrestlers, because, you know, I guess once you're in college, you don't really have to worry about hitting a growth spurt in the middle of your season, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, I think that's a big thing for high school. So I, I don't know what, what a lot of schools do these days. I, I would assume maybe guys aren't cutting as much as they used to. Yeah. Um, and after my freshman year, the other, each other year, I didn't cut as much weight and felt a lot better and, you know, more energetic in my matches and had a better experience overall. So mm-hmm. I think actually I was listening to, uh, your podcast with Tanner Weatherman who talked about that a little bit and talked about how, when, when he was wrestling, you know, had the mindset of don't cut as much weight and be able to focus on getting better in practice rather than trying to lose weight, which I think is really true. Um, so I'd assume nowadays, you know, is, you know, coaches are more informed that they would, uh, probably cut weight less or have their athletes cut weight less. But I know it's also hard when you're trying to manage your lineup and you're trying to fill out each weight class. If there's two studs at the same weight, you know, someone has to move. Um, 
so yeah, I think it, that's a, a balancing act, but especially at those lower weights, because when you get in those middle weights, there's, you know, like 130, 35, 40, 45, there's only five pounds in between. Yep. So it's a little easier to kind of go, okay, you go here, you go there. But when you're already down to 112 and you got to go to 103, well, it's 105 now, I guess, and 113. That's still, that's what, what eight pounds, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I think if, if I would have, and that's probably what I'm sure my dad and, and Chet were thinking is, you know, if I, or even myself, if, if I am only 113 at the start of the year and wrestling 112, then I'm going to be small and guys are going to be stronger than me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one of the challenges, I guess, with the sport of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But. You had a, I forgot about that freshman year. Cause I thought Endres did pretty well. Um, I know he placed a couple times. I don't know if he placed that year. Um, but then your next year, man, you, you had mono. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I won sectionals yeah. uh, my sophomore year, which, you know, I felt really good that season, you know, it was at a better weight class. I went up to 119. 119. Yep. 119. So yeah, definitely, you know, wasn't cutting as much weight. Um, then yeah, I had a pretty good season, but then unfortunately got mono like right after winning sectionals and wow. wasn't, wasn't able to wrestle districts. So the, uh, which, which sucked, but it's just, you know, it is what it is. Luckily it wasn't, wasn't my senior year. So I was thankful. I still would have two years left. Um, to go at it, but, um, yeah, the, the guy who got third at sectionals, then we, we called him up and said, you know, I'm not gonna be able to wrestle. And, you know, so he, um, Anthony Habel from Decorah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I want to say he, I'm pretty certain he placed at state that year. I could be wrong, but he was obviously a very good wrestler himself. So, you know, it's good that he took advantage of the opportunity at least then and qualified for state, went to districts, qualified for state. And I think he placed, if not that year, um, another year, but. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What was the, like, did you just think you were getting the flu? Like when you were starting to get sick. Yeah. So we, that, well, that, that was the year, um, or one of the years that MFL made regional duels. Um, so then, you know, we, we wrestled sectionals. I, I can't remember if we won set, we must've won sectionals as a team or got second. And then we went to the regional duels to qualify for state and wrestled independence. And I wrestled that night, but was, you know, sick with mono. I don't know. Don't think I had been diagnosed yet uh, at that time, but wasn't feeling great. And, uh, didn't win my match, probably my worst high school match I've ever wrestled, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that, that match was, would have been one of the deciding, if I would have won, we would have qualified for state. So that was tough. And, and probably one of the hardest matches, um, or hardest losses to deal with, because that was one where it wasn't just me losing and it, you know, the consequences impacting me and impacted our team. And that would have been really cool for us to make it. So, uh, yeah. challenging, but yeah, that's, uh, that's how it goes, I guess. And yeah. So like how, so you, you didn't know though. I mean, you know, you, you didn't know how bad you were feeling or how bad it was, I should say, like, you know, so I, I could see how you would put, you know, a little bit of blame or whatever, but at, you know, at the other, the other side of the coin as well, you know, gut it out. Like we need you in the lineup, you know, you're our, you're one of our rocks for the whole season. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. That's a good point. And yeah. It's, it's tough to say. Cause it's, yeah. Uh, you know, if I wouldn't have gone and backup would have gone, maybe they would have done better that match. And, uh, but yeah, at the time I was just doing the, the, the best I could given the fact that I was, you know, a little bit sick. Um, and then, yeah, I think I was diagnosed with mono, uh, a day or two after that, and then set out of districts 
Um, and then of course it's really tough because by the time state comes around now, I'm hundred percent, I'm like feeling normal pretty much. And you're like, oh man, I, I, if I were qualified now, I'd be healthy enough to wrestle, but you have to get through those hurdles along the way and just timing. And I think, you know, I, that's something I think about too, you know, that's just sophomore in high school. So it's not that big of a deal, but some of these guys at the D one level or professional level in sports that have things like that come up and how challenging that must be for them to deal with. Uh, so that's where you look at like Spencer Lee, you know, tears his ACL in the tournament and somehow powers through. It's just, uh, you know, guys that, and there's, I'm sure there's all kinds of guys that are, have things going on that the public doesn't know about that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're powering through and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, and it costs them and there's nothing you can do. It's just, that's the day of the tournament and you're either ready to go and healthy or, you know, it, it, you're not so. Yeah. Well said. Did like, were, was it even a question if you could have wrestled or did, what did you have like the doctors know? And they were like, you cannot like a little bit. Yeah. I know with mono, they say uh, like, you know, your, your spleen, I think it's your spleen could be at large. So there's like a, probably a really small risk that your spleen could rupture. So I'm sure the doctors were you know, pointing that out. I think ultimately they said it's your choice. Um, and I, you know, the main thing was, I just knew that if I wrestled given how the last match had gone just a couple of days prior, that it would have been really tough to qualify. And I almost felt bad. Like I'd almost be taking an opportunity away from another guy like, like Hable or, you know, whoever could have gone in my place. Mm-hmm. Just if I, you know, if I go there and I uh, am wrestling, you know, 40% of what I'm capable of. Um, so yeah, it, it was a really tough decision and, and hard year and hard end of the season. And then a long yeah. wait before the next season. So yeah. What was that conversation? I'm curious. What was it like? Because I think there are people out there that would have wrestled and they would have been like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to battle through it and see what I can do. But you kind of took a different route and almost like a the a high road there. Like you just kind of explained like you were taking a spot from somebody. Yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it, it's uh, it's hard to say. I think what, what helped make it easier was that I was only, I, you know, was only a sophomore. So would have a couple more years. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking back on my high school wrestling experience, I think that was probably costly, like, you know, theoretically, if, if I wasn't sick and would have made it to state that year, and maybe if I didn't even place at state, just having that opportunity to wrestle at the state tournament as a sophomore would have better prepared me for my junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, looking back, you know, it, I don't know that. I don't know that if I would have wrestled, it would have changed things. Um, Mm -hmm. You never know. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't put too much thought in like, you know, if I would have gone and how things would have played out, it was really just, yeah. Hmm. Gosh. Yeah. I just think back that just going through that at the moment, I'm sure was just pretty difficult. Obviously now we're, yeah, we're 30. It's like, you know, whatever, but in the moment. Yeah. At the moment it's, it's, yeah. The most important thing. Um, Yeah. So, and then, how did you find out you were going to move to Osage? You know, mine was, you know, we had been, he, my dad approached me and talked to me about it. I was like, this is something that could happen. What do you think? And I kind of gave him the green light basically to go ahead and pursue this um, opportunity, like this uh, promotion basically. Mm-hmm. And so he did. And next thing you know, we're moving. So like, you know, what was it like for you? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was kind of similar. I think like, you know, my parents talked to all of us kids about it and asked for input and we had moved a few years prior. So I had gone through that experience once. Um, I always had this mindset of just, 
you know, it's an opportunity and you'll meet new people. I think that's kind of how you mentioned that you, you've uh, thought about it and mm -hmm. took it. Um, so I didn't really think too much about any, like the negatives that go along with that. I viewed it as, you know, I, I can still maintain friendships with people at MFL and, you know, have some good lifelong friends through that school and, and community um, and have an opportunity to meet new people and, and uh, just have additional experiences. And so, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I guess, very like open to it. I didn't, well, you know, it wasn't, wasn't uh, upset or against it at all. So. Hmm. And did, was your dad like, Hey, I, there's this opportunity I'm going to apply for. What do you guys think? You know, I can't, like yeah, I can't even remember if, if we knew he was applying or not. Um, I, yeah, I can't quite remember if it was just once he, you know, got the position that he, they told us, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember, but um, yeah, I guess, you know, like I said, I knew that Osage was a, a really good school um, and yeah, shout out again to them for yeah. just, just winning the, both the dual uh, team tournament and the individual tournament, but they weren't, you know, I think they were coming off a few years prior to me moving there, having win the, won the state tournament. Um, and they were kind of similar caliber to MFL at the time. So it felt kind of like, uh, you know, it would, wouldn't be like I'm going to a school that's way worse or way better, or it wouldn't fit in kind of a similar environment like Northeast Iowa, um, good wrestling community and a lot of good uh, training partners, good wrestling families. So. Yeah. I heard there was a rumor. Well, not I heard there was a rumor. There was a rumor going around at the time that um, Osage was like, you told your dad or something that you did not like Osage was one of the schools that you would never want to move to. So, yeah, I think my, my mom or dad have said that too, which I honestly don't recall that, but I could see it. I could see it if it was one of those things where they beat us in the uh, regional duels and maybe I was, <laughs> you know, that, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know why I would have said that, honestly, because I, I didn't know anyone uh, from the school at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it worked out. I had a really right. good experience there, as, as we said, got to play football, which who knows if I would have done that at MFL just. Um, and then, yeah, great coach, Brent Jennings. Um, and yeah, some good, good practice partners. And yeah, I had a, a bit more success, I guess, at the state level. Uh, my junior and senior year. So that, you know, was, was good. Didn't still didn't achieve my, my goals or what I set out to do, but um, had some success, I guess, and had some, some good wins and, and tough losses and, and good memories from just my life of, as a wrestler. Um, yeah, I gave it, I, I gave a little bit of thought to wrestling in college, but I just kind of had this mindset that if I was going to wrestle in college that I would want to do it at the D one level. Um, obviously, you know, Iowa has a lot of really good D two D three schools. Um, but for me, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, uh, always just would have been like, if I would have wanted to go to either you and I, Iowa state, Iowa. And I knew just realistically that I wasn't quite at that caliber. Really? You know, I could have went and been a room guy and, you know, who knows it, it you know, seeing some of the guys that have gone to those programs that had way better high school careers than me and either never, never saw the mat or just, you know, it's a, it's a really tough transition and just kind of realistically um, I just decided to, you know, stop wrestling and focus on other areas of life. Um, I joined the air national guard and, and did that, um, which was a great experience. So did that throughout college and I went, went to Iowa. So, you know, still was, grew up a lifelong Hawkeye fan and went to a lot of the duels in Carver and 
Uh, that was a, a good experience. I went, I think I went to the intramural wrestling a couple times, which is pretty fun. Really? Um, just, just, you know, just kind of to have some fun and stay in shape. It's not, not super competitive, but yeah, I guess it, it was tough to, you know, walk away from wrestling yeah. as, you know, after my senior year, especially my, my goal was to win state. I finished fourth, um, never won a, a high school state title. And I view that when I stopped wrestling, that was truly the best I, I ever was as a wrestler. So it's, it's tough to step away from a sport when you're really, you know, physically like in your prime athletically mm -hmm. and you're, you've made all this progress from the age of kindergarten to 18. Um, and then to call it quits, it's, it's really hard to walk away from. I'm sure a lot of people go through that with sports, whether it's wrestling or other sports, just the, the transition from high school to college or, um, or, you know, even college guys making the same decision for professional. Um, so yeah, that, that was tough, but I guess I just was happy with the experience that I had as a wrestler and, and took all the things that um, I learned from the sport and can, could apply them to other aspects of my life. Um, I knew that, you know, wrestling would always be a component of my life. It's not, you know, it might not be a competitor, uh, but I'll follow the sport and take, you know, the work ethic and the adversity and the, the challenges um, and can apply that to everything. So. Yeah. And like I said earlier, you were a good student. So, I mean, you know, what did, what did you major in at Iowa? Yeah. I majored in uh, business and economics. Okay. Yep. So, you know, going at the next level also, you know, your studies and you're juggling studies and athletics, you know, um, not easy, but, you know, I'm sure you would have been able to do it. Obviously, like I said, you're really strong academically too. So, yeah, that was one of my thoughts too, that just, you know, it, it's like college is another level um, in terms of academics. And I think the way I heard, heard it described was that if you're going to wrestle in college or do any sport, then you really have to, or just in college generally, you've got to make a choice. You can do you know, two of three. You can either do academics and sports or academics and social life, but it's really hard to do academics, social life, and sports. I suppose some people do sports and social life, which, you know, <laughs> that, that wasn't really an option for me, but um, I'm, I'm, yeah, the, the people that can manage to do all three, that's just really impressive because it's a huge time commitment. And yeah, for me, I was, uh, I just realistically knew that, you know, if I was going to wrestle in college, it would make most sense to be at, at a school like Wartburg or Luther upper Iowa. And that just wasn't kind of the type of school I wanted to go for, for, um, just the university experience. I was looking for a, a big school and, mm -hmm. um, and just for wrestling, you know, I guess it's, it's sometimes tough and admirable, I think, to some of the guys that wrestle in college and do it. And there's really maybe less glory even than high school, because high school, you know, you have the state tournament probably gets more attendees yeah. than like D2, D3 nationals. Um, and some of those college, you know, smaller colleges, um, you know, it, it, you're really in it just because of your love for the sport. Mm -hmm. um, so that I think that's impressive. But yeah, and you um uh, what was I going to say? Um, did you get contacted by, you know, some of those schools like Warburg and, and Upper Iowa and Co? or? Whatever? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, I think a little bit like Upper Iowa. Um, but also, you know, I I uh, had talked to my coach Jennings and kind of talked to him about wrestling in college, talked to, talked to my dad about it and kind of let them know that, you know, I'm, I think I'm ready to move on from the sport, which is, is tough. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that I guess that that's uh 
how my wrestling competitive career ended, which was especially tough. I think the first year after, because yeah. having that constant like competition and then walking away from that and then just being, you know, out in life and not having, you know, you still have ways in life to find competition, but it's obviously mm-hmm. not the same as something that you're taking really seriously. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just try to find other ways to apply that competitive mindset. Um, yeah. Did you leave your shoes in the middle of the mat when you? No. No. <laughs> no, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd be doing it after a loss in my the fourth place match. So <laughs> I'd probably be a little cheesy, but. Um, that was one thing I was going to ask you about that. Uh, you know, your senior year, you got, you got seventh the year before. Um, first off, that, that had to be finally rewarding to make it to state win a couple matches place, you know, do all that. Like after what you had been through the first couple of years, it had to be pretty, pretty satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. So like my junior year, you know, it was, yeah, I felt, I felt uh, very good about making it to state placing my first time there and, you know, doing the grand March was so cool since, yeah. you know, I'd watched, I had gone to the state tournament every single year since I was, you know, a really young kid, just um, my dad took me and he had, when he was coaching at Dubuque senior, he had guys wrestling um, and, you know, just had, had gone as a tradition each year. Um, so to get an experience, that was really cool. So I think, you know, obviously seventh place wasn't, wasn't my goal either, but I was happy with the progression of going from the, the prior two years, not qualifying, not placing to finally getting there, placing. Uh, I think Joe Cologne won my bracket that year, which okay. again, it's one of those things that like at the time, I know he's a really good wrestler, like one of the top wrestlers in the state, but you don't know kind of the full context for how good. So obviously now I think, you know, he wrestled for you and I, I think he, uh, bronze medal in at worlds right. and freestyle, right. so just world-class, you know, caliber wrestler, um, just, you know, really, really tough opponent. I didn't wrestle him in folk style at all, but wrestled him once in freestyle and it wasn't a very close match. Um, so yeah, I guess just, I think, you know, when we were, I'm sure everyone feels this way, but when we were in high school, it felt like the state of Iowa was really tough. The yeah. lot of, a lot of really good guys that went on to do a lot in college at the D one level or world level. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's kind of cool looking back to know that those, some of those guys were right around my weight class and I had the opportunity to wrestle against them. And, you know, ultimately I think they, they made me better, even if, you know, they might've been hurdles in the way for me achieving my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, just having that little level of competition is, is pretty cool. And I think that's one of the cool things about growing up in Iowa is that you have that. So, you know, maybe if I would have lived in another state, um, maybe I could have been a state champ, but the level of competition is lower, or I probably wouldn't have been as good of a wrestler, um, as I, as I, you know, finished my, my wrestling career at. Yeah. I was just kind of taking a peek at your bracket here real quick. Yeah. You had, um, you wrestled, uh, Tyler Grask. Grask. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think he might've got second. Um, yeah. So yeah. He was obviously tough. I think he went, he won yeah. state the next year. I want to say, right. Um, you know, it's like, and then of course, Joe clone, obviously. Yeah. He won your bracket and it's like, geez, those are, those are yep. a couple of studs right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause you're looking back at the, the state uh, award photo for that year. I mm-hmm. think he he's, he's crying in first place. I think obviously tears of joy, you know, tears yeah. of happiness. He like accomplishes goal. But when you're in high school, you're like, Oh, the guy that won my bracket is, you know, crying and I'm sitting down here in seventh place. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also funny enough, Anthony Hable was in your bracket that year and he got fifth. 
Yeah, I think I don't. We didn't wrestle at the tournament then, um, so he must have been on the other side. And I, I can't remember uh, who I lost to besides Grask, but um, Bo Cousins, I think. Okay, like... yeah, I, yeah, that I recognize the name for sure, but don't remember that match. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but anyway, um, the other thing I was going to ask you, you know, you made it as a senior, and that was that was, you know, maybe the year, you know, like that's your senior year. It seemed like everything was coming together. And I, I remember watching the match against Blaze Sheedenhelm. Yep. And that was tough. That was tough for me. How tough was it for you to lose that, that first match? Cause I think to be honest, I thought your dad even talked to my dad because Kyle Paulson won the bracket that year and I had wrestled him earlier on in the year. Yep. And so I thought your dad may have talked to my dad about like, Hey, you know, this might be somebody in our, in our path. Yep. You know, so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was uh, a really tough, yeah. Tough match, tough loss. Um, And yeah, to your point, I think that was like, like I said earlier, I think that was, you know, by the time I was a senior, I felt that was the best I I had ever wrestled. Mm -hmm. I was uh, kind of at my peak and felt like I could beat anyone in, at least in the state of Iowa. I don't know about nationally, but at least in the state of Iowa, even if I didn't beat him, I felt like I would be in the match and have a chance. Um, so yeah, I think earlier that year I had wrestled Cole Welter, uh, from Don Bosco in a duel and a a real close match, a a tight match. Um, I hit him with a a Peterson and, 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 uh, I don't think I got back points. I I think the ref, uh, you know, was a slow count, but I think I lost by a point really. It was a good match. Cole Welter is obviously a a really good wrestler and that, you know, being able to be right there with him and have an opportunity to beat him you know, gave me a, a sense of, okay, I, I could definitely win a title this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just up to me to perform. I have the capability. It's just a matter of, I have to, you know, get it done and, and, uh, wrestle to my ability. Um, so yeah, I, I think I was ranked first going into the state tournament. So, wow. you know, I had the expectation and just from prior years, um, and some of the guys I had beaten, um, I knew, knew I was capable, but then, yeah, had Sheedenhelm first round um, and didn't know a lot about his wrestling style. Um, I don't think I had wrestled him before. Uh, but yeah, that match, I remember it very clearly. Really? He uh, he would go for like a Russian tie. And mm-hmm. then I he would kind of almost do like a, a reach. It's a Russian tie kind of reach around the waist um, looking for a takedown. And I would kind of concede that position a little bit. Because it it the way he's positioning his arm and hooking the leg, I knew that I could hit a Peterson or, or Gramby roll from there. Yeah, yeah. So I kept doing this, you know, obviously in retrospect, I wouldn't have done it, but I kept basically giving him a two-point takedown and then hitting a Peterson roll and, and getting a reversal. So we had exchanged two and two. Uh, but then the rule in high school, and I don't I don't know if it's still this way or not. I know it's not in college, but if the the guy's shoulders are out of bounds and you have them on their back, but you know, whole rest of the body could be in bounds, but if their shoulders are out of bounds, they don't count back points and you right. can't pin them. And I would have, that man, I would have had, you know, would have had back points. It would have changed the match, but I was just kind of stuck in this mode of that position kept occurring. And I just kept instinctually looking for that Peterson mm-hmm. um, and would get it, but just wasn't getting back points and was just trading the, take down a reversal. And and I think I lost by a point or two points. Um, and I don't think he placed actually, which really surprised me because I thought he was a really good wrestler. Um, I think he had a, a pretty good record going into the tournament. And this was 
prior to them seeding things. Oh, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, a tough first round match and I just didn't wrestle to my ability and, and he had a, a really good strategy and wrestled a great match and, uh, and beat me. So it was a tough loss, really, really hard to deal with. Cause you know, right then and there, okay, that's it. I I'm not going to be a state champ, yeah. but I'm still in the tournament. I have to come back and get, and you're wrestling, I think, you know, an hour later, probably your second match. And if you lose that one, you're done. And then you're really, you know, that's, that'd be really tough to end your high school, uh, wrestling career, just going, Oh, and two at state. So in my mind, you know, I was, I had to move on quickly. I didn't, I didn't put a lot of thought into it, pretty upset and disappointed, but use that as a, a way to drive me and, and, um, come back and win my next few matches. Yeah. Yeah. You battled back. You got fourth. I mean, that that's, in my opinion, that is the toughest thing to do is lose your first match, you know, and battle back and, and get to that fourth place, you know, third place match. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, but getting fourth, like that's still, you won, I think four in a row. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. And yeah, I'm not, not uh, happy about finishing fourth, but yeah, definitely. I would take fourth over, you know, losing out and and not placing, but yeah, you're right. That's, I I remember last year at the D one national level car from Iowa state lost. I think, I don't know if it was first round or second round, but second round. Yeah. Came back and got third, which yeah, guys do it. And it's, it's, uh, it's impressive and it's tough to do. Uh, yeah. The guy I lost to in the third and fourth place match, I had wrestled a handful of times the, the lap that or between that season and the season prior, mm-hmm. um, Sky, Skylar Rice from, yeah. he was from Emmitsburg and I, uh, I think he might've moved or, um, but yeah, I had beat him twice earlier in the year, always really close matches. He had beat me the year prior, I think. Um, so we had, we had always had really close matches and he was a tough matchup. Just his, his style was, uh, hard, really hard to score on. Mm-hmm. And I, had, uh, like I said, beat him right at districts right before state and then wrestled him for third and just didn't feel at that match. And he wrestled a good match. And, you know, that, that one eats at me a little bit because it, you know, it, it's one place on the podium. It's not that big of a deal, but just, yeah, finishing your career on a loss isn't a good feeling. Um, yeah. Well, that's how it goes. Yeah. I talked to Chet, um, and one thing he talked to me about, and I didn't realize this, you went out to Virginia Beach with Pedretti. Yeah, yeah. I think that was after my freshman year, maybe. You won the tournament. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, your freshman, because he, he had just graduated. Yeah. Or he was going to, whatever. And you won the freshman national bracket or whatever? Um, I don't think I won. I think I oh, all-Americaned. Yeah, I think I want to say I want to say I finished seventh, uh, which you know I was still pretty happy with yeah. uh, going from not placing or not not even qualifying for state and a lot of tough wrestlers there. I think I want to say Henry Cejudo was at that tournament and and wrestling oh. and uh again same thing you don't know he's going to go on to be an olympian but you know he's there's this really good wrestler he was yeah. older than me so he wasn't in my bracket but yeah just there's that kind of caliber wrestler at the tournament so that was a really cool experience i listened to that podcast too with with uh chet and that was that was a great podcast i heard a lot of stories that i had, hadn't heard before and mm-hmm. uh, so that was that was awesome to hear that and yeah he talked about driving back through the night and going to school the next yeah. day which i think that was probably a lot harder for him and my dad, cause they were the ones driving <laughs> Petretti and I were, you know, just sleeping in the back, but yeah, it was a fun experience. Yeah. So that, so it, so it happened. Huh? You, you came back, you left that night, you came back, drove through the night and went to school the next day. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, you know, for, for me, it's like, 
we're not in wrestling season anymore. So it's like, just go to class and don't have to worry about wrestling practice that, you know, yeah. the afternoon. So it wasn't too bad, but yeah. Where did you, where did you go wrestle? Like once season ended, you know, we had a little bit of freestyling go on, but did you seek out like, you know, did you go other, other places to get different competition or anything? Yeah. Mostly just, yeah. Freestyle, um, both at, at MFL and Osage and then summer camps. Um, so yeah, as, as you know, and you know, we did some of those camps that were, I think a lot of fun and, and helped, I think a lot with getting better at wrestling. Um, yeah, Luther and lacrosse and Wartburg. And, um, when I was at Osage, we did a camp at Nebraska, which was, uh, yeah, uh, I wrestled John Meeks there and, uh, he ended up being, you know, going on to be a, four-time undefeated state champ, which I think uh, there's maybe six ever only Mm -hmm. another one this year. Uh, I was the high kid. Yeah. Um, But I I beat him in that tournament and which, which was great. I didn't know who, you know, I, I was two years older than him. So I had a little bit of experience on him, Uh, but he was a really good wrestler. I didn't wrestle at all in high school. Unfortunately, I think he was at Des Moines Roosevelt or Mm -hmm. one of the Des Moines schools. Um, But yeah, kind of cool to look back on that. I can say that, you know, you know, asterisks because I have have the age on him, and he was. I think he was he was going into his freshman year. I was going into my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a, a, that was a good camp, good experience, and again, good competition. And sometimes when you wrestle these matches, you have no idea uh, what some of these guys are going to go on to do with their careers. So it's kind of cool to see. You know, once you've wrestled someone, you kind of then know about them and follow them and watch them you know, through a high school, through college. And it's cool to follow some of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you also went, we went down to Tulsa one year and, uh, you wrestled Rayvon Perkins. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. He was Greco, Greco big time. I don't know if he made an Olympic team. Maybe yeah, he, he might've either. If, yeah. He was always uh, at the trials or yeah. Mm-hmm. Olympic or world trials. Yeah. Really good wrestler. I don't think I, I don't think I won that match. <laughs> if I'm recalling correctly. But. I, no, I, I don't think so either, but um, we, we both lost in the tournament, but then they put you in the hard luck bracket. My dad always jokes about it. Yep. You know, you go on two, they put all the own two kids in the hard luck bracket and you yep. got, so yeah, I think that sounds right. So, yeah. That's, that was fun. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I can't remember who I wrestled. I want to say it might have been Derek Thomas. Um, I, I could be wrong. I want to say it was Derek Thomas. One in one of those years in the hard yeah. luck bracket at Tulsa, we both you know drove down from Iowa, end up wrestling yeah. each other in the hard luck bracket. I think I beat him there. He beat me when I was in high school, my my senior year in a close match. Um, but yeah, that was fun. It was always fun. I think you know us driving down in the the vans and yeah. traveling across the country. And just, I think that's where you build a really close bond with your teammates and, you know, other, like when we were on, um, you know, I, I was on the, uh, Fargo, Iowa or the cadet, uh, really? Fargo team, Iowa team one year. Um, so just getting to know some guys from other schools and other coaches was yeah. A lot of fun. Good experience. Yeah. You were on the Iowa black team too oh, because yeah, you're yeah. one state you know um gosh and i had some names on it and so like i think i think i have that sheet i'll have to send you a picture yeah I, yeah i'd be curious <laughs> i i remember some of the guys but forget and yeah i'd be curious to see who was all on it um 
but yeah, you were, that was some good, that was some good times. The Indianola, we went down to Indianola and there was kids from New Jersey or wherever, Wisconsin, Minnesota, I think, you know, all those schools or cities or states. I mean, gosh, Mm -hmm. you know, come in and wrestling. And like you said that you look back on some of those names, like, I kid you not, one of the kids on one of the teams from, I think, New Jersey was Cody Garbrandt. Oh, really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's one of those things you, yeah, at the time you have, you have no idea who it is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, obviously, I don't know if he was a UFC champ or at least a. I uh, thought he did. I thought he did win the belt once. Yeah, I think so. Bit, but yeah, you're a big MMA guy. Right. Yeah. I used to uh, follow it a lot closer than I do now. Um, I don't know. It's honestly just, it's, it's a little bit tough to follow some of that stuff, just knowing the consequences that these guys are putting their bodies through and and brains through. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. And yeah, it's, it's uh, competitive and, and uh, you know, I think it's pretty impressive. Some of the stuff that those guys do. Um, And there's some, obviously some former wrestlers that go on and have a lot of success. So it's fun to follow those guys and cheer for them. Mm-hmm. I think Bo Nickel recently signed with the UFC, I think. So I'm yeah. sure he'll he'll probably have success and that's cool to watch. Yeah, he's on the uh next, so I think it's March, the next UFC, UFC 280, whatever. Okay. He's yeah. on that fight card with John Jones. So okay. John Jones is the main event, um, battling for the heavyweight title, and and Bo Nickel is on that card. His, his that. UFC debut. Yeah, it's coming up in a couple weeks. Yep. No. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hype around him. So do you do you envision getting back into the sport, coaching, anything like that? Yeah, I've I've thought about it and it's it's yeah, it's really tough, obviously, because it was such a big part of my life from the young age all through high school. Really, you know, like just consumes your life kind of and is becomes kind of your identity. Um and since graduating, it really hasn't been, at least me individually. I still watch, yeah. you know, I still go to um, Iowa high school state wrestling and watch and, um, at least the finals and then watch D ones and follow the D one wrestlers. Um, so it's, it's tough to step away from that and have it become a lesser part of your life. But I've thought a little bit about maybe doing some like volunteer assistant coaching, but not, I haven't really, you know, gone too far down that road or pursued that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's tough too. And it makes you as an adult, you come to appreciate the coaches that you've had and the time that they dedicated, because when you're an adult and you're, you know, working, working all day and sometimes working long hours and have other stuff going on in life. Um, it's, you know, to find time for that. It's, it's pretty awesome. Some of the, um, the guys that do that and, and help, you know, their high school wrestlers or, um, kids club wrestlers and, mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, so what are you up to now? So you're in Minneapolis. What are you buried in snow? Yeah. We just got, yeah. Like I think 15 or 20 inches of snow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm uh, working at a law firm up here in really? the finance department as a financial analyst. So yeah, I really like it. It's a good company. I like the city up here. Uh, there's a yeah. lot to do. The winters are tough, but the spring and summer weather is great. Um, so yeah, just, uh, I try to stay active. I try to take the type of, you know, competitiveness and the, you know, we're used to hard practices and and working out um, and try to apply that to other things. So, uh, you know, there's individual sports that I'll do like biking and it's obviously not competitive Um, and, you know, some golf and some volleyball and tennis. So really just tennis, you do all these. 
Yes. Yeah, so, well, well, tennis is just my wife and I. Yeah. Uh, so just real casual, but just kind of like we did in high school, you know, just after in, in uh, the spring, just playing some tennis for fun, just like that. Um, and yeah, I've on some just like, you know, casual volleyball leagues um, just to stay active and and uh, socialize. But yeah, nothing compares to wrestling. So it, it's really tough because you're, you're constantly kind of chasing that, you know, that experience and you just don't get it anywhere else, I think. Yeah. Um, what does your wife do? She uh, also works in finance. We met at the University of Iowa. Um, So she she works in a a wealth management company. So, um, yeah, just us two up here and yeah, come down and she works as a financial analyst, too. You said um, she she's like wealth portfolio manager or Hmm. so similar, but I guess a little bit different. Uh, Hmm. My line of work is more like analyzing like the law, the law firm's financial results. Mm-hmm. Um, and hers is more assisting like, uh, clients with their own personal finances Ooh, and investments. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And you have, let's see here. Sarah has what four kids. Yep. So yeah, Sarah has, Danielle has three. Yep. That's right. Yeah. And they, so that's one area where maybe there'll be some more opportunities to get involved with wrestling as their kids grow. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, they're already, they're, they're, from like three to six years old. Um, so they're pretty young yet, but they'll just, when we go over and visit, they'll, you know, want to wrestle around and, um, you know, obviously they have parents that have been around the sport and, um, Sarah's kids, they live, uh, right outside Gilbertville. So they're, you know, they're in a good, good environment for that. If they, you know, choose to stick with wrestling or choose to get into wrestling Mm -hmm. as they get older. Um, so that's somewhere that I would love if, you know, when they get older to help coach them and watch them compete. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's gotta be tough for you living in Minneapolis. Cause you know, you're a Packer fan. So yeah. Like, yeah. It's, Pack, that's man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, that's the thing too, you know, it'd be the, the, the nice thing is the Packers play here every year. Um, so I could just go see a game without traveling, but then I have to watch it in the Viking stadium, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you, have you gone and seen them yet? No, we so we we went to Lambo this year. I took my wife, who's not a big football fan, but uh, you know she supports me. Yeah, <laughs> Tol- toler- tolerates my football fandom. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so we went to Lambo in Green Bay and and uh, watched the game there. But we so actually we were gonna go to uh, the I suppose you probably were too. I suppose a lot of people were the national wrestling tournament that was gonna be in U.S. Bank Stadium oh, yeah. mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was disappointing that that got canceled. We were looking forward to that, but I've never been in there. The Vikings new stadium there. It's pretty cool. Sure. It's I've heard good things about it. It it is nice, you know. Um, obviously Viking fan speaking, but it's nice. You know, I I do think as a football fan, I need to probably get up to Lambeau at some point just just because you know it's Lambeau Field for crying out loud, you know. Yep. So, you know, you can tell me about it. Is it everything that yeah well it's it's yeah i mean it's great as a packer fan i don't know i think it's probably all right as an away fan i think the one the one criticism i would give is that it still has like old style bleacher seating which i don't mind from the standpoint of comfort Mm -hmm. you know i can that doesn't bother me but from the standpoint of people encroaching on your space it's (laughs) it's nice to have the independent you know seats yeah. Because, you know, there's some people in Wisconsin that like food, like beer and are <laughs> kind of big. And all of a sudden you have a few of those in your row and all of a sudden you're, you know, pretty squished. But. Yeah. <laughs> you lived in Canada for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, so after uh, after college, I worked for a year at IBM and kind of just saved money and got some work experience. And then um, I guess kind of touching back on what we had talked about before with like just something that I've always uh, enjoyed is like new experiences yeah. and just, you know, experiencing new things, new places, meeting new people. Um, so I got a kind of general work visa. I think there's something that you could get if you're under 30. I want to say that you could just go to Canada and and work for a year at pretty much any job that, you know, that you can find. Um, So did that and lived in Vancouver. I guess first I I drove uh, from Iowa to Vancouver. So basically uh, west across the United States through Seattle into Vancouver and then drove east across Canada from Vancouver um, all the way to Montreal. And then came back in the U.S. down Maine and uh, west back to Iowa, so like a giant loop over six weeks, what? which was in six weeks. Yeah, yeah, just sleeping. I had a Grand Am car, just sleeping in the back for no a, a lot of the drive. Um, I would stay at you know hostels or cheap, really cheap places, and then sometimes yeah. when I'm in the middle of nowhere, I would just sleep in the back of the car. Uh, but it was a fantastic experience. I would would recommend it. Some you know driving through the mountains and stuff was really beautiful, um, and got saw all the cities and then determined that Vancouver would be somewhere that I'd be interested in staying longer and working. So flew back there then a few months later, um, and lived there for maybe eight months or so. Yeah. Well, what was the purpose of doing this loop? Yeah. Just really to, to travel and just, uh, explore, I guess. Really? You did this by yourself? Yep. Yep. And yeah, I met the one thing I would, um, I would encourage anyone to do that. It's interested because really, if you, I think if you travel by yourself, you meet a lot more people. If you, you know, if you travel with someone, then you're going to socialize with the people you you're with, but yeah. traveling by yourself, you go and, and uh, stay at a hostel and there's a bunch of other travelers from all over the world. And a lot of them are also traveling alone. And then you can just talk to people from different, different countries or different places and hear about their life experience. And that, what? wow, that does sound pretty pretty awesome like such an experience like you're saying yeah yeah it's uh i I knew that i I needed to do that before i could really move on into like true you know post-college adulthood of professional work um i just i just needed to kind of get out and travel and experience some new things and uh see different places and um which i i'm you know very grateful that i i did that looking back now that I'm, you know, 31 and I, you know, now pretty settled into a house and a job and that's, you know, not really a possibility now until maybe I'm retired unless I randomly quit my job. Um, <laughs> which my wife probably, you know, she'd have to be on board with that. So huh. when you did like, you tell your dad and mom, like, Hey, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And they're like, all right, son. Like, yeah, they were, they were, they've always been really supportive of that. And I guess kind of growing up, I just, I moved to school several times and, um, you know, they were, they, they were always really supportive of me doing, they, they knew that I'm, you know, not going to do anything stupid. I'm not going to get myself hurt, get in trouble. Um, and yeah. And then, yes, I was in uh, Vancouver for about eight months. And then after that went to Korea, um, yeah, in uh, Seoul, Korea, and taught English there for a, about a year, which was also a great experience. And that that was uh, really cool because you know obviously they don't speak English there by yeah. you know natively, 
most people speak English well enough that you can get around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just living somewhere that's so different and, um, really opens your eyes to like just different ways to live life and how different cultures are living life. And, uh, Seoul is a, a huge city. I think it's like the metro area is like 25 million or something like that. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite the contrast to like, you know, Monona, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Even Osage, like, wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you went from Vancouver, then you went to Seoul, Korea. I guess I knew this, but I guess I just kind of forgot about that, you know, and you yep. lived there for a year. Yeah. A little under a year. Yep. Yeah. And that was a great experience. My wife was, or I guess girlfriend at the time, Renee was in uh, grad school on the East coast in, in Baltimore. Um, so you know, she was kind of doing her master's program um, and I was traveling abroad and we just did the long distance thing and managed to work it out and then got married like pretty much right after I got back. So um, I'm very appreciative of her and being supportive and, you know, kind of sticking, sticking with it, with the long distance thing for a while. So mm-hmm. were you with her uh, when you were doing the Vancouver loop, the Canada yep. loop? Yep. Yeah. Wow. So she was um, a couple of years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So she had, you know, undergrad going on still. So she was still a student at Iowa. Um, and I was, yeah, you know, I guess I did the the long drive and then came back and saw family and was in Iowa city. And I think I was around for football season. So got to go to a few football games and then left and went back to go and work there for a while. Hmm. And you spent, a, how, so did you learn a little bit of Korean when you were yeah, over? Yeah. Um, yeah. I tried, so I, I tried pretty hard to learn the language. Like as soon as I got there to start studying every day and they have yeah. a completely different alphabet. So it's not, not the English alphabet, right. um, but they have a, it's a really a, a fantastic alphabet because it was, it's not like the Chinese or Japanese alphabet where there's thousands of characters. There's only, you know, it's similar to English where there's like 20 or 30 characters okay. and it was constructed um, as like a derivative of the Chinese language. And they had high, illiteracy rates so they wanted to and this is hundreds of years ago now but they wanted to improve their literacy so they constructed this alphabet uh that would improve literacy and be easy to learn and easy to understand um so you can learn the alphabet in a couple of days and learn what the sounds are um and then it's like any language just you know learning vocabulary learning the grammar rules but um being living in an immersive environment made it you know, a, a good opportunity to learn. I think I probably got better at Korean than I ever was at Spanish, despite taking, you know, three years in school. Yeah. Um, so that was, it was fun. And I think the one thing is when you're in a place like that and you speak even just a few words or a few sentences of their language, they're like, oh, your Korean is amazing. You're, you're basically fluent. And of course they're just wow. being nice to you, but it also is, you know, they're not used to hearing a foreigner speak any Korean, whereas like as an American, we're really used to hearing people from all over the world speak English in various right. accents. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of that novelty, I think, or that, uh, you know, they, they appreciate other people like embracing their culture. What's the, what's the food like over there? You know, um, I'm just trying to think of what, you know, what you ate. Yeah, they have, um, a lot of meat actually, uh, which is good. Cause I, I like meat a lot of like they have Korean barbecue is, is, uh, well known. So it's, and that's kind of where they, uh, they'll bring raw meat to your table and then you, you grill it yourself at the table in the restaurant. Really? Um, so that, that's really good with some, you know, good spices and, and sauces on that. And then, um, they have a lot of rice dishes, um, a lot of like spice too. 
um, a lot of noodles. So I, I did pretty well. I, you know, I would eat Subway sometimes and like get, get American food, yeah. uh, but there was, you know, it was harder to find American food. I remember the one day I was like really craving like an American breakfast. Mm -hmm. So I searched and, you know, I'm in a city of like 25 million people. So I figured there's gotta be some places, but it was tough to find. I had to travel probably like an hour or two by train to find a, a decent place. And then you get there and it's like what you'd imagine at like a Denny's or like a village Inn, yeah. but it's like triple the price. <laughs> because it's, you know, it's, it's an American breakfast. It's some special thing. Um, I think the, the glass of orange juice was like $9. <laughs> so it's, you're, you know, you're kind of like not fully enjoying the meal because you're like, this should be you know, way, way cheaper, but. Mm -hmm. oh, so what'd you get? Like just pancakes and eggs? And bacon yeah. And yeah. Something, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So then you came back and then you got married and then did you move back up to Canada? Nope. Yeah. So after, um, after that, and after getting back, then I lived in <clears throat> Iowa city for a little while. So I was, my wife had just graduated grad school and mm -hmm. I had just gotten back from Korea. Um, so we're both unemployed, just living in Iowa city, mm -hmm. which was kind of, it, it was kind of awesome, but kind of weird at the same time. Cause now I'm, you know, a few years out of college. I know I, okay, now I have to actually <laughs> like really start looking for professional jobs. Yeah. Um, and I knew I could get a job, but it's, you know, not all employers will view that like gap of travel the same way. Some might value it. A lot might think like, what are you doing? You know? Um, so it took a while. I think I, you know, applied for over a hundred jobs and I was what? driving, driving Uber at the time in Iowa city, just, you know, picking up college kids, which is not great money, but just something to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, applied for probably over a hundred jobs and wow. didn't hear back from a lot and was, you know, getting frustrated, but, yeah. um, eventually, and, and, yeah, eventually heard back from the company I'm at now, which has been great. Really enjoy it there. And mm -hmm. I've been there for, yeah, four or five years now. Really? See, because I swear we sent you our wedding invitation. You were in Canada. It was a Canada address because we had to buy a specific postage stamp. To yeah. Send it to you. Yeah. That must have been. Yeah. There was a few years there where I was kind of like when I did that road trip and then came, I was back in Iowa City for like a month or two mm -hmm. um, and then in Canada. And then I was on the East Coast for a couple of months while my wife was in grad school before I went to Korea. And then I was in, came back from Korea and was in Iowa city for a couple of months before moving to Minneapolis. So this would have been right around 2016, 2017. Cause we got married in 2017. So yep, I think we would have sent out been, the invites, you know, end of 2016 or so. Yep. That would have been probably Canada. I think at that time. Yeah. That's crazy. I totally like, like I said, I, I remember hearing this, you know, from Chad or my dad or whatever, who talked to your dad. And I just kind of totally forgot that that. I know. And it's, well, it's one of those things too, that it's, it's weird. Cause like, obviously we were really close friends in high school and then, you know, yeah. still kind of follow each other's lives through Facebook or just whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost never post on Facebook. So right. Yeah, hard, it's hard, hard to follow you. What the heck? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's nice. You know, we have this opportunity now to catch up. I haven't, I'm, I'm not as good as I should be at keeping in touch with Same. people. I haven't been to any reunions and, Same. Um, you know, there's some people from high school I stay in touch with, but, you know, I don't forget any of the memories and experiences I've had. And mm -hmm. well, so, yeah, it's, it's nice to catch up on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say is that, um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, do you, have the choice or do you find it a difficult decision to go back to Osage or do you ever hear back from Monona about going to there? 
class reunion? Yeah, I guess it is kind of weird. Yeah, because I, I graduated from Osage. So um, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I probably could attend either, but yeah, yeah, I just same. haven't. I'll need to do it at some point because I'm sure it'd be fun. And there's people I haven't seen since high school. I'm sure you're the same way that, yeah. you know, we were close friends with just a lot of uh, catching up to do. Yeah, I remember reaching out to you when I moved because I think my parents told me to. They're like, you know, you know, somebody who has gone through the same thing and is going to. And I texted you and you just said, basically, I think you said just like, just sit down at someone with someone at the lunch table. You know? Yeah, it's it's really tough, know. especially in a small town because everyone else knows each other so well. Yeah. Um, I forget what did did you move going into your junior year or senior yep. year? Yeah, junior okay. year. Yeah, so yep. basically the same year. We both yep. moved yep. opposite sides. You kind of went north and I went south. Yep. <laughs> yeah, what was that like for you? What was your experience? Uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough for a while, you know. Um, yep. Being in sports helps. Yeah. It's that, you know, if you're going to move, get involved in something, sports, band, ex- anything extracurricular to help you get involved in the school. Yep. And that's that's what it was for me was cross-country. Yep. So it took a little bit, you know, to get the kind of the ball rolling, but you know, once it did it, it, it was a good experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You were a good, really good cross country runner. Yeah, I was okay. You know, I, I went to that, that school and they, they had a lot of good cross country runners. So like, did they, I, yeah. What was, did they place at state or as a team? Or they were, okay. Um, but after I graduated, they ended up winning, winning a couple state titles. And I just, I remember you were, we were at Cascade and uh, Cascade was always the worst, but you t- took off, you took off sprinting as fast as you could. And you put one arm in the air and you had the number one up, you know, like, yeah, I'm with you. you told us before the race, you were like, I'm going to go balls out. I'm going to sprint as fast as I can, but put my hand in the air. I'm going to be leading the race. And, uh, and you did it and you were, you yeah. were leading the race for the first hundred meters. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. I think my, my dad, uh has told i didn't i didn't realize this but coach colston at the time i guess came up to my dad after the meet and was like trevor did really good today and my dad was like no he didn't what do you mean he was just being a you know being stupid out there um but yeah i mean that like you know i i've i was in cross country to have fun and, and really get in shape for wrestling um and wasn't a good runner you know obviously if uh, you know one of the slower people on our team so uh i think i ended up finishing the race toward the back probably with like Joel and Isaac. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it, it might've, uh, you know, it might've thrown off the pace of like the top guys. They might've been, who is this yeah. guy? And we're like, we need to pick it up, which would be kind of funny, but, and it's kind of funny too, how they do cross country because they, you know, mix JV and varsity, I think in some of those, I can't remember if that was yeah. one of those or not, but you have JV guys running with varsity. So, you know, I had no business being in the front and as you know, the results <laughs> showed, but Oh, that was funny. Yeah. A lot of good memories going to going to state cross country. And like you said, putting the TV and my mom still talks about that, you know, cause we had this big, you know, bigger TV and we drove yep. past somebody with our van and they had the little screens that would like flip down, you know, and she just remembers us driving by and we had the big TV and the Xbox and yeah, laughing at them because their TVs were small. So. Yeah. I know. I suppose it's way different now. I suppose kids are just on like phones or something, you know? Right. Years. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing Madden, I think, or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, but yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, yeah, I appreciate you doing this. You know, this has been fun for one, just to catch up and, and two, like you said, 
you know, when you listen to Chet's, um, here's some stories that you didn't realize and same with me, but listening to this, like, again, seeing somebody who we were friends and now hearing your stories about what you've done and where you've been, it's like, ah, cool. You know, it was, so it was fun to listen and catch up and hear what you, what you've been up to you out of the air guard now. Yep. Yeah. I, I did uh six years. So got out shortly after college, which I guess part of the reason why is all of that like overseas travel wouldn't yeah. have been possible, possible if I stayed in the guard. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had a good experience with it and enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, met a lot of good people and yeah, helped pay for university, obviously. So right, yeah. And was it, wasn't your dad in the air guard too? Yep. Yeah. He, um, he retired. Yeah. He, he retired in the air guard. So yeah, he did, you know, 20 some years and yeah, both my sisters um, were in it too. So yeah, big family and several cousins and mm-hmm. kind of a family tradition. But. Okay. Well, yeah, again, thanks yeah. for doing this. Yeah. I was gonna, I have a question or two for you before we cut. What? Just, well, Me? just, yeah. I mean, I feel, I figure out if all your guests, I have, I'm, uh, you know, had the, the closest experience with your good opportunity to ask you some questions, but I was just gonna say, first off, uh, I think the podcast is awesome and it's, it's pretty cool, you know, especially seeing some of the guys that were around our age grew up in the, in Iowa wrestling that we knew, or I, I knew, you know, growing up either from wrestling against them or they would be at the same tournaments, but you never had a conversation with them. Right. Um, and, you know, kind of, followed and and saw how they did in high school or in college, but didn't really know who they were as a person. So it's, it's cool that you have this podcast and can ask people and I can kind of hear uh, what their experiences were like growing up at that same time in Iowa wrestling and um, hear their perspective. So that's, that's pretty cool. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And again, the fun thing is even people I did grow up with, like you and Andrew Rodas and Brian Rodas, sometimes you still don't know what goes on behind the doors, closed doors. Like yep. when you got mono or when Brian didn't make state for three years, like yep. those were all big, tough things that I didn't go through. I saw him go through, but I didn't actually know. So it's still fun yeah. to hear those stories. And yeah. Whatever. And how maybe your perspective changes as an adult too. Like, obviously, if you know, if you, if we asked each other these questions in high school, our answers would probably be completely different than, than they are <laughs> yeah. you know, when yeah. you had time to step away and like go back and reflect. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you just generally, like what's, what, uh, you know, what's your takeaway from like growing up in the sport of wrestling and you have, you know, a lot of family that have been involved, older brother and, you know, your, your dad coaching and your uncle coaching and just, you know, what, what was your experience? I know, you know, you were a pretty good wrestler yourself, uh, kind of went through all the same experiences that most of your guests have in terms of going to all the tournaments, traveling all over, you know, having tough matches, big wins, big losses and adversity. So just what's your general like takeaway and how do you reflect back on, you know, the sport and growing up doing that? Me personally. Well, I, I growing up, I had a love hate relationship with it. You know, like I, I mean, you remember I eighth grade year, one time I, I skipped a practice. I skipped a middle school practice. Yep. You know, like, yep. <laughs> I, I, you know, at that moment I was mad because I wanted to go to like a girl's basketball game or something anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I would get so so nervous before every match, like yeah. almost like I'd freak out, you know? Um, and so I was never confident in myself. I always battled confidence issues. And so that plagued me, you know, throughout my whole career, you know, yeah. I, I remember seeing a kid who had a tattoo and I was like, Oh, geez, 
Yeah. You know, he has a tattoo. Oh my gosh. Or, you know, wrestling somebody, I had to wrestle a kid with the last name Carew. It was like Riley Carew. And, um, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, he must be good because he's probably related to Dylan Carew. And, and so I would yep. play mental games with myself. And so um, that would make me not like the sport. You know, I would, yeah. I would hate it because I would be so nervous and so consumed with my confidence about, you know, the outcome. Yep. You know, I got to win to impress people or, you know, my girlfriend's watching or parents are going to be disappointed or whatever, you know. So that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. But now, you know, looking back now, I'm like, everyone kind of went through that. I, yeah. I moved a little more out of proportion, but, you know, everyone kind of went through that. Yep. And it's one of those things too, that like reflecting back, you, you know, we all made it a bigger deal or, or put more pressure on ourselves than probably anyone else did. You know, you thought at the time that there's all this pressure in the world from the outside, you know, whether it's your parents or coaches or community, but really, you know, everyone, most people are, you know, aware that it's, you know, kids wrestling or middle school, high school wrestling. And, you know, it's, it's uh, not the end of the world if you lose a match and, and, you know, it's more so about the experience and getting better and improving. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame. I think that that's a, a struggling point for, I think a lot of kids and I think everyone, everyone can relate to that. That's wrestled at some point. So, yeah. Or done just a, um, a sport or an individual sport in general, you know, like just my dad, put a lot of time and effort, you know, I wrestled with you and your dad put a lot of time and effort into me and stuff like that, that just, you kind of feel like you let them all down because you didn't perform or whatever. Yeah. But obviously it's had a big impact on your life now that you're, you know, you're still, <laughs> it's a key part of your life still. And yeah, it, it makes me, you know, part of it is a little bit of healing for me. You know, I never made it to state. I never made it out of, out of sectionals. You know, I quit wrestling my senior year. Like, you know, all these things happened and I used to have nightmares about it. You know, I would dream and I would be like, I'm back wrestling again. You know, like I can redeem myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's gotta be a, one of the most common dreams for wrestlers that feel like they didn't achieve their goals is you, right. you think, or you're like, I have one more year, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> one more year. And then you wake up and it's like, Oh, nope. <laughs> yeah. Time's, time's gone. So, you know, doing this kind of helps me heal a little bit that I'm not the only one, um, whether or not they had higher goals than I did, you know, I just wanted to place, you know, yeah. so well, the state title. You know? I, I feel that way. Um, a lot thinking back about like some of the, the guys I grew up wrestling with that, maybe didn't ever make the state or didn't place at state. And I knew these, these guys were really good wrestlers, you know, wrestled their whole life were capable, have beaten guys that have, you know, done the things that they're trying to do. Um, and that that's tough. And I think one of the things, you know, it all comes down to when you break it down, it's like a six minute match on a given day. And that's not a lot of time and things, right. you know, you could make a mistake and lose a match that you were capable of winning. And that's just how it, how it goes. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's, this is my, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, this is kind of my way of healing. You know, I've talked to some people who've gone pretty emotional, you know, about things that they didn't achieve or what have you, or experiences they've gone through and it still kind of bothers them. And so it's kind of a two-way street a little bit where. You know, yeah. One of the things I've, I've really taken from listening to some of your episodes is that really no matter who it is and what they've accomplished, everyone has Oh, I should, I could have accomplished this and they weren't able to, mm -hmm. I was listening to the 
Dustin McCauley won, you know, five time high school state champ in Minnesota, which is obviously not comparable to my high school wrestling career, but his, you know, big pressure point and conclusion was I didn't win six. And that's hard. You know, that that's hard to live with. It's like how many guys would love to win one that have never had that experience. Um, and I think that go pretty much every wrestler, no matter how good you are has lost matches or, yeah. uh, fell and fallen short of, of their goals and has to deal with that emotion and, um, just learning to live with that. And for me, I, I guess, you know, I think I, I put pressure on myself and, and, you know, wanted to achieve my goals, but then didn't like let it eat at me when I didn't do it. Uh, you know, my senior year, I just, it is what it is. I know I, I wrestled hard, wrestled, you know, as, as tough as I could. I didn't, uh, accomplish my goals, but you know, it, it's not, you know, I'm not going to let that eat at me and it's, uh, that's okay. You know, it's, it, there's, there's more to life than one six minute wrestling match. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot more positive to take out of the experience than harping on, you know, uh, you know, the, the downsides of the negatives. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Trevor Hayhall, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. Also, don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always... Be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care. See you next time.